0: and welcome back. I am the Bull and this is See the Bullski, the podcast where I talk about leadership, followership, resiliency, wellness, and other topics. Thank you for listening in. I really appreciate it because I recently hit 200 downloads and that wouldn't be possible without you. So sincerely, thank you. If you listened to my last session, I talked about Airman's time and I shared some of my thoughts and hopes about how to implement it moving forward and hopefully it helps. And if nothing else, Please keep the conversations going in your work centers and with your peers and subordinates and supervisors. You know, be the change that you want to see in the world. And even though I know that there are some who are hesitant to dive in for various reasons, you know, just think of all the positive the positivity it can do for you and those around you for you to show your personal commitment to make things better. As always, if you have any comments or questions, you can share, you can share the comments or you can ask me on Twitter at capital C underscore the underscore bull underscore ski. For today's topic, I want to share some insight into something that can help smooth out ruffles that may exist within a team, particularly in a team of diverse people with various backgrounds, motivations, and most importantly for today, personality traits. You see, our our personalities are what make us us. Personalities are the combination of characteristics or qualities that form an individual's distinct character. Uh, More simply, they are the thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that make us who we are. Even if you have similar personality traits to another person, you're still not them nor are they you. And a lot of times in my experience, one of the major issues in a work center when there are problems is that the personalities are clashing. Now, this isn't uncommon, nor is it all that surprising. But what makes it an issue is often the lack of understanding and appreciation of the different personalities in a way that allows them to work effectively together. Often what I've seen happen is that whoever is in charge sets the tone that their personality is the right one. And if you don't want trouble, you need to conform to them. And you can see this from the leader. You can honestly see it from any person in the team. I will admit that when I was much younger in my career, I had this problem. I didn't know or understand my own personality traits, so I had no clue about others. I just automatically thought they were being difficult or worse, that I was automatically right, which I often wasn't. Um, As I've grown, I've learned a lot about myself and equally important about others. And now I'm much more confident and competent working with others, especially leading and leveraging the differences in others. But that all came from learning about personality traits. So today I want to share one of the big personality perspectives typically used in organizational environments, and it is called the Big Five. A uh, little backstory, The Big Five came about in the 1980s, and it is called the Big Five because it looks at five distinct personality traits. I want to start by saying that there is no right or wrong on where you end up on these scales. All they are meant to do is give you clarity about yourself and appreciate your strengths while also making you aware of blind spots, which usually end up being the strengths and those we sometimes struggle to work with. Um, All five are on a spectrum, so there is a varying degree with each of these for every individual. Not only that, don't forget that even if you have the exact same breakdown or scores as somebody else, your application will be individualistic because you are an individual. So the five personality traits spell out ocean or canoe, I usually use ocean, and they are openness to experience, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. Openness to experience looks at whether someone is inventive and curious or are they consistent and cautious. Is this the person who likes their bubble or is this the person who sees a bubble and wants to you know, poke it with a pin? Conscientiousness is whether someone is efficient and organized, or are they more extravagant and m- maybe careless? I don't like the negative connotation, but that is one of the descriptors. Um, it's not that they are lazy, they just could be more lenient and relaxed. Extroversion is whether someone is outgoing and energetic, or are they solitary and reserved? Agreeableness is, are, is someone more friendly and compassionate. Maybe, you know, they're more sociable or are they more critical and rational, kind of, you know, feeling versus thinking. Lastly, neuroticism, and this is whether someone is sensitive and nervous or are they resilient and confident. Now, in all likelihood, as you're listening to this, you can probably identify which side of each category you would typically fall on. And I dare say you might even be able to tell me why you are that way and you would be right. The same as someone who is the exact opposite of your breakdown could probably explain why they are that way. The thing about personality is that it is largely influenced by our upbringing, our culture, our experience, and some research even shows correlations in the biological and hereditary side. But I don't wanna turn this into a psychology TED talk. I just wanna draw attention to and ground us all in the fact that whatever breakdown you have for whatever reasons, you are right. And all that really matters is how you use your unique personality traits as skills to accomplish what you are trying to accomplish. In all reality, you need a combination of each one of these skills or traits depending on the situation in the moment. I'll give you an example. I myself, I score relatively low on openness to experience. Um, I don't typically like to try new things, especially at work, and I can be a bit closed minded. But this isn't necessarily a bad thing one of my old superintendents gave me one of my best favorite compliments ever, uh, which was she loved bringing fresh and new ideas to me because she knew that I was going to pick them apart. It's not that I'm a negative person per se, I am just not an automatic yes person who's going to agree with you just because you outrank me or because everyone else around us agrees with you. If I can find a flaw in the idea, I'm going to verbalize it. Now from my own career, I know quite a few people that don't like people like me. I am no fun. I am a stick in the mud. I'm too rigid. And you know what? You might be right. But you know what else is true? I'm the type of person who can help you see flaws that maybe you didn't consider because I'm innately worried about something going wrong. It's wonderful to have people who only think of or who can see the potentially good outcome, but I'm the counterbalance to that because I want to help prevent things from going wrong. It isn't that I want to be difficult. I'm just a worst case scenario person. It's part of my upbringing. Uh, My superintendent realized that about me. And she used to say that if she could convince me, she knew she could convince anyone else on the team. And I know I probably irritated her to no end at times, but she knew that my heart and my head was in the right place. And she used that trait, that strength in me, and even encouraged it to help obtain the goals that she was after. If you are on a team where everyone is just innovating with no grounding, then you're going to lose sight of the intent, not be aware of the risks. And ultimately, you know, you can hurt your productivity. You can hurt trust. You can waste resources or you could seriously hurt somebody. On the other hand, if you're too constricted by rules, consistency or tradition, then you're never going to get to be more efficient or find better solutions because you're hampering innovation and creativity. So you've got to have both sides given another example. Uh, Conscientiousness, that's the breakdown of efficient and organized versus extravagant or careless. In this category, I tend to fall a little more on the conscientious side. You know, I try to be careful, diligent, orderly. This helps give me a sense of control and efficiency. And while it's worked out pretty well for me, not everything can be planned for. And sometimes being overly planned ends up depriving me of situations that are intended to be fun because I'm more focused on achieving than I am enjoying. I know this about myself and because I know that, I've learned to look for people who can balance me out. One person was a subordinate of mine who is probably the most laid back person that I know. We come from extremely different backgrounds and his goal in life was to live. It is to live. He knows and understands that life is too short. So he wants to enjoy what he has with who he is with. He's by no means lazy or a bad person, exactly the opposite. He's a wonderful example of, you know, quote, life is too short to take seriously. You know, and I mean, that, I mean that as a high, high praise. We balanced each other out nicely. You know, sometimes you need to stop, breathe, relax, and even laugh. And he taught me an important lesson as a leader. And that lesson is very simple. The job's going to be here tomorrow, so do not break yourself today. On the flip side, there are times when we had to, you know, knuckle down and we had to stick to the grind. And that's where I would help keep him focused and keep him directed. So again, we helped each other. Extroversion. uh, This originally came from Carl Jung. Um, He was a contemporary of Sigmund Freud's. And it's shown by people who are more talkative, energetic, and its opposite are the introverted folks who are a little bit more reserved and reflective. I may seem extroverted, especially since I have this podcast and honestly, it surprises people but I am actually an an introvert. To be fair though, uh, there's this one personality assessment that I took and my introversion to extroversion is like 48 to 52, meaning I'm more inclined to be introverted, but I can be extroverted when I want to or when I need to be. Honestly, this is probably the hardest area for me because if left to my own devices, I'm probably going to stick to myself. But thankfully, I frequently have worked with teams that have taken an effort to include me, not, and you know, let me just give this piece of advice for both sides. Extroverts, if you're an extrovert out there, you don't always need to include your introvert counterparts and please don't try to make them feel guilty for needing them time. Right? It just breeds resentment and it ruins what you're trying to achieve. On the other side, to my fellow introverts, sometimes you need to come out of your shell and come out of your safe space a little bit to be a part of the team a big part of my current job is teaching and briefing which is very taxing on my energy so a large part of my self-care is that during my lunch time four out of five days of the week i usually take a nap or just relax in my office by myself to recharge and my team is very supportive of that because they know that about me however on wednesdays every wednesday it is requested that the team go out to lunch together and even though that may deprive me of the recharge time i need it helps the team come together so i typically go unless i get yanked for you know something else work related my current team has a lot of extroverts and that time together is what they need for their well-being just like i take naps typically you know for my own you know sometimes i even spend multiple lunches with them because i'm i'm very magnanimous like that you know it's very gracious of me but, you know we balance it out it, it takes a lot more energy for introverts but extroverts also need that connectivity so again both sides got to balance each other out agreeableness is the aspect of reflecting on differences uh, between social harmony and cooperation if you're more agreeable you are probably more empathetic and altruistic versus someone on the other side who may be a bit more competitive or untrustworthy I would love to say that I am an agreeable person and I certainly can be, but I do have a habit of challenging people or in another way, I won't just agree with you to agree. Uh, Agreeableness is a wonderful trait built on a foundation of trust and love and compassion. It's a lot of positive energy. Um, This isn't, you know, I'm not trying to be sappy. It's just that agreeable people are often wonderful people to be around. They make you feel welcome and appreciated but they are also easy targets for the manipulative narcissists and the wolves in the world. In that light, I am not agreeable. And in fact, I kind of enjoy conflict, particularly with toxic people. Um, I had this coworker who I used to work with, and she is the type of person that everybody loves. She is an amazingly agreeable person who truly, honestly seeks harmony and to make everyone feel appreciated. Unfortunately, That has made her a target of those wishing to abuse that trust and compassion. That's where I come in. See, it would be great if everyone liked me, but that's not my priority. I know that bullies and toxic people only get away with it because they think they can, and not everyone is comfortable with conflict. And this isn't to make me sound like a tough guy or anything, but I'm also not afraid to put my foot down and ruffle feathers. You know, both of us, both she and I, show that we care just in different ways, and both sides are needed depending on the circumstances. You know, I I wish I could be like her, but the world needs, you know, the folks who aren't always agreeable and are and are willing to not always be the world's favorite people. Again, taken too far, either side can cause, you know, toxicity or negativity. If you're so agreeable that you allow yourself to get abused or you allow people around you to get abused, you know, that that's a problem. If you're so unagreeable that you're just creating conflicts to create conflicts or you're manipulating people to benefit off of them, you know, again, either side taken too far to the extreme is, is not good. So you got to have a good balance within each spectrum. And it, it comes down to the use. You know, these personality traits are a lot of skills. So it comes down to how you use those skills. Uh, lastly, you got the neuroticism. And this is looking at those who experience negative emotions like anger, anxiety, and depression more, or those who are less emotionally reactive. In this category, I'm actually fairly balanced and I'm very grateful for that. We need emotions. Emotions are the flavor of life, you know, all of them, but we also can't allow them to take over our life. I have this weird quirk. I get flared up about certain topics and anybody that knows me has, I guarantee, seen me get flared up about particular topics. You know, I guess everybody's like that to some extent. But the weird thing is, is the more flared up people around me get, the more calm I become. It's the weirdest thing. And I've, I've never really fully understood it because even topics that typically would rile me up, if I see other people getting riled up about it, even though I want to get riled up about it, I become more calm. Typically, you know, I get in the negative, when I do get in the negative emotions though, I need someone to help ground me and I have wonderful teammates and people in my life that do that, you know, like I said, balance. But that's that's basically it for the neuroticism is, are you more to get drawn in by your negative emotions or are you more able to control your emotional reactivity? Uh, it's very unlikely that you are all to one side of each category every single time It's just that you have a stronger automatic drive in that direction, and that's fine. Uh, That automatic drive can also depend on the circumstances. For example, the way that I am at work because of the needs at work, I shift in a particular way. When I'm at home, it's a different environment. It's an emotional relationship with my spouse. I have a different kind of correlation. I still may have that automatic pull, but it's, again, it's shown in a different way because context does matter. So like I said, it's unlikely that you are all to one side each and every single time. Um, You can just have that automatic pull. It's, It's fine, but context does matter. And I know this was a lot of information and I'm not gonna claim to be an expert on all of it. My intent is just to share some basic info about the big five, maybe enlighten you to some traits that make you you while also sharing some insight into these traits in the value that can be gained by understanding your strengths and the strengths that others can help add to your own self-development, whether that be personally or professionally. None of these traits are inherently good or bad. The determining factor comes from reflection, I think, and after an event occurs, ask yourself not just if you were right, but were you effective? sometimes we end up justifying our personality traits and how we acted in the moment because we think or feel that we were right and we don't stop to ask ourselves were we effective you know i think sometimes we do have to learn to pull back our automatic traits and use a less comfortable skill because it will be more effective afterwards you know what is the use in being right if nothing changes what is the benefit in hiding behind you know that's just who i am. If it didn't resolve what you were trying to resolve to begin with, you know, just being who you are, well, you were probably speaking up for a reason. But if you were ineffective in how you went about doing it, what was the point? And this is something that all of us can learn from. And even myself, I'm not gonna claim that I've got it figured out, but it's something that I do try, you know, I do try to remember. So I think everyone can gain something by learning to understand themselves, by understanding the big five, while also learning to appreciate others, especially those we live and work with by relying too heavily on one side. You you only have half the answers. If you stick to just what you have and you disregard people that are maybe on the other side of the spectrum from you, then you're only seeing half the picture and you could be missing something and it could hurt somebody, it could hurt you. It could hurt those that you care about it's okay not to be perfect and to have it all figured out but by leaning on each other by leveraging our unique skills we will be better able to achieve far more and be much happier it just takes some time some compassion and ultimately it takes the wisdom to you know see the strength in ourselves and see the strengths in others especially when those strengths are different than ours own Uh, Any of these five areas can be either helpful or damaging. Again, it comes down to the application of and the cooperation between them, which is a key for success in any relationship or a team. Finding ways to understand and communicate does take time. You know, it creates the environment, it, it, it is a lot of time, but it is worth it once you create that environment to invite and value the differences that make us all unique. So as always, Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned something new. I really encourage you, if you've never heard of the Big Five or looked into it, there are Big Five assessments that you can take. There are multiple personality assessments that you can do. I just wanted to start with the Big Five because I had to pick one to start with, so I figured I would start with one of the easier ones to uh, to go over. So again, Big Five, openness to experiences, conscientiousness, extroversion, agreeableness, and neuroticism. It's not about right or wrong. It's about how do you apply these and how do you leverage the skills that you have on the big five with someone on your team or someone in your life that has a different breakdown or even just a different application of the big five. How do you balance those out? How do you cultivate that relationship where you can benefit from each other's strengths and learn from each other's strengths so that you can ultimately grow as a person, as a leader, just. It grow in general. So again, thank you so much for listening. Like I said, hope you learned something new. This is the bull signing off, and I will check you out next time.